as we've just sung these words and describing the goodness, the greatness of You, Father. And what a privilege and honour to worship You, the Creator of the universe. Again, as we were singing the song just before this, I was reminded, it's incredible, Lord, to know that the Creator of the universe loves me, that the Creator of the universe loves humanity, has a plan and a purpose for our lives. It's such an incredible thought. I think I was prompted, as Jack said those words, it's perfect love that drives out all fear. And it's just amazing, God, to know that we can have a personal relationship with You and that we can trust You, great God. It's amazing. And so, Father, help us to get to a deeper trust with You, we pray. And Lord, as we come to hear Your Word now, we just ask You to speak to our hearts. And we don't wanna just be hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word. And we pray, Father, that as Your Word goes out, we thank You that it fulfills, uh, it does not return void and fulfills its plans and purposes in our heart. And we just pray that right now for those online, right now for those here, uh, we just ask, Lord, that You'd speak to us now, we pray. Soften our hearts for what You wanna say. We really love You, Lord, and we just uh, pray all these things in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much. Grab a seat. I do want to say uh, great to have you here uh, in, in the building, but great to have you online as well. Uh, I remember a, uh, or actually just about a week and a half ago, I took a wedding for a couple, which is, um, I love taking weddings. It's such an exciting day. It's a celebration. It's, a, it's an awesome opportunity. And uh, as I, uh, I was up the coast, I shot down and I just dropped into the office on my way uh, to just print off uh, my wedding uh, notes, the, the ceremony aspect of it. And so I was just printing it off and just finalising a few different things. And as I was here in the office, I was chatting to one of the other pastors here and I never, ever used like technology to, to do a ceremony. Well, pretty much never used technology for nearly anything, but certainly not when it comes to presenting something and certainly not when it comes to a wedding because uh, I was chatting to one of the other pastors here who often uses an iPad and I said, you are crazy. Like you're honestly crazy to use an iPad. Like can you imagine mid-ceremony, mid-ceremony of a, of, a, of a couple, that this is their special day, they've waited for this day with great anticipation. It's so exciting. Can you imagine that iPad dying? Like now you may share your vows. Oh, hang on, the iPad stopped, you know, sorry. Um, can you remember them? Like just say something to the other person. Like, like what would you do? Like it, I just said, you're crazy. Absolutely, or you're the bravest man I've ever met in my whole life. And, and, and so I would never use that because I, I just, I cannot afford for it to go wrong. It'd just be terrible. Uh, I've had a situation like that though, where uh, I always print off my sermons on a physical bit of paper. You can actually hold it, it's amazing. And uh, a physical bit of paper, so nothing can go wrong. It can't shut down or close. And I remember I was preaching one time at a different church and so I was preparing my message and often uh, I'm, I'm always just taking notes last minute or whatever, just before the sermon. And so as I went to this church, I had it on my laptop, uh, my sermon notes. And I went into the church and they didn't have a, a printer uh, just there and it got closer to the, to the service starting. And I just thought, oh, I'm just gonna have to preach off my laptop, which wasn't the end of the, uh, you know, it wasn't terrible, but I thought, okay, I'll just have to do it. I don't normally do this, but it should be fine. And so just beforehand, I made sure that the laptop was fully charged. There could be no issues, no problem that could ever go wrong. It was fully charged. I made sure I got it up. The sermon was there, ready to go. I made sure there was nothing else that could come up on the screen and, and cause distractions mid-sermon. And then I was sitting in the front row and the pastor got me up or was just sharing about inviting me to come up and preach. And I had everything ready to go. Nothing could go wrong. And I got up. I said, thank you so much for the encouragement. I opened my laptop. And as I opened it, I thought, I just put my password in and off I go. 
Well, as I opened it, there was, this has never happened to me ever. Like I have never had this before, but as I opened it, the screen was black and it just had this circle spinning of the apple colours just spinning in a round circle. I don't even know what that means, but it was just spinning. And I, I'd said, I, like, I don't know how long I've had an Apple laptop for, but it's never happened. And I get out to preach and I open up and that's just what happened. And I'm hitting buttons and people are looking at me like, I'm about to preach and I'm just hitting buttons, trying to get this thing sorted out. And I just had to be honest. I said, I am so sorry. This has never happened to me. Does anyone know how to work one of these things? Because it is stuffed right now. And luckily someone in the front row said, oh, I can have a go. And I said, that'd be amazing. This is the start of the message at this church I was visiting. And uh, I said, that'd be amazing. Here you go. And I gave them my laptop. Now, Normally I might open up with a, with a story or something like that in my sermon and create context or whatever. And on this particular occasion, of all occasions as well, I was launching off with some very specific statistics, a lot of statistics that I had written out on the laptop. And so I said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was gonna start with some statistics. I don't know, I can't start with that now. It was throwing me, like I'm standing there, what am I gonna do? Now luckily someone from the audience shouted out, tell us a bit of your story. And I said, that's a great idea. Let me just start with a bit of my story. And I shared a little bit of my, of my uh, testimony. And probably about five minutes later, a genius, literally a genius, I worked out that laptop, sorted out, I got the laptop and I was able to preach the sermon. But I just don't trust technology. I can't stand it. I love paper. It's amazing. Handwritten, it's amazing. You can't go too wrong unless you drop it in water or something. Uh, but, but it's amazing in those moments as well because when I was faced with that, You've probably prayed this before. It's like, it's like sort of three word prayers. God help me. God help me. And, and you don't need to pray much more than that because out of that deep uh, desperation, God knows what you mean. Like there I am standing there and in my head, it's just going over and over. God help me, God help me, God help me. What am I gonna do? And you've prayed that prayer before. God help me. Often it's those moments, and we've all experienced this maybe at some point or another, but it's those moments in sheer desperation, those moments of, of sometimes crisis, those moments of difficulty where we are faced or we're pressed, we are pushed and pressed into God in that moment because we need Him, we need Him. Just this morning, actually, Andrew and I, I, I couldn't, I wanted to print this off and there's no toner in the printer. And then I couldn't print to the other printer. We spent 20 minutes working out how to print this. Like it just goes. And in that moment, I said, God, again, help me. Like help us, help us sort this out. Sometimes in those crisis moments, we're pushed and pressed into God and we're forced to trust Him. We're forced to trust Him. What I wanna say to you this morning is I've prayed all this week, God, what do you wanna say? Sorry, it's not what I wanna say. God, what do you wanna say? What do you wanna say to us? I felt convinced that as I prayed that prayer, God said, I want you to say, or I want you to imply, I want you to implore for, for people to trust me on a deeper level than ever, that they've ever trusted me before. I want you to, I want you to, to yeah, almost uh, yeah, implore, I suppose, people to trust me with all that they are, all that they have, to, to lay down their lives, to surrender all that they have. And you know, we often talk about, oh, I trust God with this, and I do trust God. And we throw that out there oftentimes. We say, yeah, like I trust Him with my life. And that's true. But there is, God wants to take us deeper. God wants to bring us to a place of greater trust, greater dependency on Him. 
a deeper intimacy in a relationship with Him where we can truly look and say, you know what, finances, my job, my career, uh, my family, my marriage, my children, I totally trust them with God. I literally lay them before my heavenly Father. He wants to bring you to a place of deeper trust in Him. And you know what? It's often those crisis moments. It's often those moments where we're in great despair. It's often those moments where we think, what am I gonna do here? How do I go about this? That we are pressed and pushed into Him to a greater level. God wants to bring you to a greater trust in Him and intimacy with Him like you've never experienced before. Uh, we were just being on holidays and we were up the coast staying at my sister's uh, place while they went on holidays. They're at Watella Beach, their house, and uh, they went to holidays at Cotton Tree Caravan Park. And so we house sat, which was amazing. And uh, as we're up the coast, we had some friends drop in and they've got a little, uh, a little baby and... And uh, our daughter, she's about nearly five. She turns five uh, in, a, in a month or so. But as we were there, uh, my daughter got a little uh, Christmas present. It was just like a little pony. And I think it came with a little hairbrush or something. It brushed the hair of the pony or something. And, and uh, I was in, pretty enthralled by, by it, obviously. And, uh, but she, she loved this little pony. something she specifically wanted. And she was carrying it around everywhere. And she'd spent holding it, you know, all uh, the few days that we're away. And, and as these friends visited, they brought their, their little daughter. And at one point, their daughter got a little bit upset. And my daughter was super nice. And, and she was like, oh, and she got her pony. And she said, oh, she gave it to the baby. You know, maybe this will cheer the baby up. And interestingly, the baby really responded to it and got distracted by this little pony. And I was like, Grayson, that's amazing. You know, like really, you know, I was really excited for her. And as the day went on, uh, they were leaving and uh, uh, Grayson came to me. She said, Dad, I wanna tell you, like, I wanna talk to you, I wanna talk to you. And I said, yeah, yeah. And she whispered in my ear. She said, I wanna give my pony to the baby. Like, I wanna give it away. And I was like, Grayson, that's amazing. You know, this doesn't happen very often. And, uh, and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> Grayson, that's so good. I said, you, you know, talk to them. Like may, maybe, you know, talk to them and say, you want to give the pony away? And so she said, oh, I want to give the pony away. And we were all like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is amazing. And, uh, and we even said, we were sort of joking after, it was like, oh my gosh, this must be some sort of sermon illustration. I thought, oh, surely not. And anyway, here I am first Sunday back using it. But, but it's true here. And, and mate, we kind of joked about it. We thought, you know, maybe she just knows uh, you know, maybe she's just wanting to be really generous and hopefully that is the case. But then we laughed about, maybe she just knows her dad will just buy her another one so she can easily give it away. I don't know. But you know, the reality is like, is that how we trust our Heavenly Father? Like, like there's aspects of our life uh, uh, that we hold on to so desperately, don't we? There's aspects in our world that we, we cling to and we think I need that or I want that. I, I have to have that. And we cling on to sometimes these possessions and these things that we have in our world. And, and, and do we truly trust them with God? Do we truly say, I can actually let go of that? Like I can really let go of that. Why? Because I know my Heavenly Father has something better for me. Like, do we have that trust, that deep intimacy, that trust of surrender to say, I can let it go, I can let it go. My dad's got something better. My dad's got something better. You see, this is what God wants to bring us to a place of deep intimacy and trust and reliance, a reliance on Him, a deep reliance on Him. You can trust Him with your life. And sometimes, just sometimes, there are crisis moments that take place in our lives that pushes us and presses us into those moments. There's a quote that's been going around. I've heard heaps lately. It's been attributed to Timothy Keller. But when I looked at it, actually it's been attributed to Corey Ten Boom as well. So I'm gonna take Corey Ten Boom as saying it because Timothy's lived well after, uh, it's still alive, but, but Corey Ten Boom was well before him. And it says this, you don't know 
You don't know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. You know, in life, you don't know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. Sometimes it's so true, isn't it? And for some of you, you're sitting here right now. For some of you, you're listening online. For some of you, you go, yep, I know what that's like. Actually, I'm in it right now. Because it just seems like the the wheels have fallen off. It just seems life has fallen apart. Everything's just not going how you you planned it or you thought it should. And and you realise deep in your heart, I'm actually not in control of my life at all. But in this pace, you know, in this this moment of crisis, you realise actually God is my everything. He's, He's all I got. And you're trusting Him on a level you literally thought, you, you didn't even think was possible. And something within you is rising up. It's a, G, a deep joy. It's a deep inner contentment. It's a deep peace within your heart as you're laying everything out before Him and just saying, God, you're, you're my everything. I trust you with everything because that's, that's all I've got. And something is changing within your heart and God wants to bring us to that place, that place of deep trust in Him. Maybe it's a crisis moment. So I read in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 8 verses to 10, Paul is actually in that moment himself. Now, when I, when I read about the Apostle Paul, I've never known a person to have greater trust and greater faith in his heavenly Father. And in this moment, he's writing this letter and he says in verse eight, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters. This is Paul writing. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble that we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. This is deep stuff that's going on in his life. We're overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. No way. There's no way I could possibly get through this crushed and overwhelmed by the circumstances that Paul is facing. And maybe you know what that's like. But here, we don't know too much information about it. As I read up on this and the commentaries around some of this stuff, there's very little information about what Paul is actually going through here. And maybe he doesn't wanna make a big deal of it. But what we do know is that he is in a very, very difficult place. Those words that he's crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. He's in a deep and dark, troublesome place. In the NIV, it states he's under great pressure. Literally, he is weighed down by what is going on in his life. And he goes on to say, in fact, we expected to die because of this. It's almost like there's different theories around this, but it's almost like he's going through all this stuff and he's like, I can't endure it. I can't go through this. I'm just, I'm gonna die to try and press through this and push on. There's other theories that actually it seems like he's been sentenced to something and the, the consequences of that is that almost a death trial is over, laying over his head. But whatever it might be, he's literally at the point where he's like, I can't go on, I'm gonna die through this. And what's amazing is we don't have too much information, but he lists this just to explain or to, to bring out a principle as he writes this letter. He brings out this principle in the very next few verse. In fact, we were about to die. Now we don't pray for this. We don't pray for God to bring us into this state. But in the midst of this crisis, God does something. He works in something. And if you're here today or if you're watching online, it's not a mistake or or the reason that part of the, the, if you are going through this crisis moment, it's not, uh, God is doing something in that. God is working in your heart. He's doing something in your life. It's not meaningless is the best way to put it. It's not meaningless. God is doing something. He goes, we're we're expected to die. This is so overwhelming. But he says this, but as a result, 
we would start relying on ourselves and learn to rely only on God who raises the dead. It's this powerful principle that he goes, I'm going through all this stuff and these circumstances, it's painful, it's difficult, even to the point, I'm under great pressure, even to the point of death. But the principle he states here is, but as a result of all of this, we stopped relying on ourselves and, to rely, and learned to rely only on God. You see, if we face these crisis moments, maybe some of you are in at the moment, it's these moments that, that press us it squeezes us and pushes us and presses us into God. And it often presses us into a deeper trust and intimacy with Him where you say, God, I trust you with everything. I trust you with everything. And this is where God wants us to get to a greater trust. We often put so much emphasis, we put so much emphasis on, on, on our ability. We, we trust ourselves far too much and God wants to take us deeper in our relationship with Him. Now, like I said, for many of you, you could get up here and share your story. For many of you, actually, that's the very reason that you came to faith. It's because you went through some difficult circumstances and some trials. And, you know, people might say Christianity is a crutch, but as a matter of fact, it's often through those hardships and those trials and those difficulties that show us that we need a Saviour. And for, for many of you, you could say, that's, that's how I came to faith. I mean, everything seemed to be going great and I got to a point in my life where everything fell apart and I realised I need hope, I need a saviour, I need help, I need something. And you realised uh, and you surrendered your heart and your life uh, to God and in that moment you realised it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Some of you could get up here and say, I'm so glad I went through that, as difficult and as painful as it was. I'm so glad I went through that because I would not know God if I hadn't, hadn't have gone through that. You see, He does something in the midst of it. For some of you, you have testimonies of the fact that you were a Christian and maybe things were going well, but then you came across this crisis moment. And not only did you know Him, but you went in a deeper level, a greater level of trust with your God through that. I was reminded as I was just thinking about this sermon, I was reminded of a, a guy who has shared his testimony here in this church before. He's moved away now, he lives somewhere else. But I remember once a few years ago, him sharing his testimony here. It's quite powerful, but it relates so much to this this very principle as Paul is writing this letter. And it's a guy uh, who, uh, his story, uh, you know, is, is quite an amazing story, but he, uh, I think he grew up with a little bit of background of going to church and things like that. And, uh, but through his teenage years, he kind of just left all that behind. And then through his, uh, in, in his 20s and stuff, he got a great career, he got a great job, he was earning a lot of money. And he said, you know, if people looked on from a worldly perspective, they'd say, man, this guy's got everything. Like, it just seemed like he had the perfect life. He, he had the, the really nice house um, in Brisbane. Then he had the beautiful, nice holiday home, which literally looked over the water at the beach. And, and uh, he had all the toys, he had the nice cars. He was married, had a couple of kids. Had, he had a great career. He was respected in his job. He was, he was earning a heap of money. It just seemed like, man, I, I had it all. I had everything. And it just, it was just, life was awesome. So I thought, life was awesome. And he said, everything was going well. And then all of a sudden, uh, out of the blue, it's like he lost his job one day. And, and then uh, a little while later, his wife uh, had had enough and she said, oh, I'm done. And she left him and, and, and the kids went with the wife. And, and all of a sudden, everything he thought he was in control of, everything that he thought he had, he, just, he said, I felt like I just lost everything in a moment, just like that. And he said, I got so depressed, so depressed. I lost everything. And he said, sadly, I got to the point where I thought, I, I, life isn't even worth living. There's literally, I have no hope. I have nothing to live for any longer. He got so depressed that he thought, I'm gonna take my own life. 
And he got to a point where he's like, I'm gonna do this. And he found a bridge one day and he went to this bridge and he just, he, he, he was about to jump. And he got to the edge of this bridge. And he, like I said, he had a bit of God background, you know, in his earlier years. And before he jumped, he said, I prayed a prayer. I just said, God, if you're real, show yourself to me now. Just before he jumped, as he prayed that prayer, all of a sudden he said, a police car drove straight up in behind him, pulled up and these police officers jumped down and said, get down off the bridge. And they pulled him off the bridge straight away in that moment, as soon as he prayed that prayer. They raced him straight to hospital. He was in hospital and he was just so ashamed. And he's just like, he didn't wanna tell anyone. He didn't wanna talk to his family. He didn't wanna tell his parents. He's like, how did I get here? Like, oh, I'm so depressed, I'm so down. I don't have any reason to live any longer. And just prior to this taking place, uh, a few years earlier where everything was going, you know, incredible, he was renovating his house at the beach. He overlooked the water. And he'd, he'd gotten this tiler to tile his splashback in this new kitchen that he just put in this house. And, this Tyler, he said, you know, was clearly a Christian guy. And the reason I knew that is because he didn't be quiet about God and he just kept going on and on about God at this time. And this guy just kept talking about God. He's so passionate, just overwhelmed. And he just kept talking about it. And he just thought, man, be quiet about this God stuff. Like, I don't wanna hear it. I don't need God. Like life is awesome back in this, when everything seemed to be going great for him. And he just kept talking about it. And this Tyler said, I'd love to catch up with you even outside this environment, outside work environment. If you ever wanna catch up for coffee, I'd love to catch up with you. And he thought, mate, just, I'm not, I'm not gonna catch up with you. I don't want anything to do with God. And he recalls that moment as he's lying in hospital, just going, I'm so ashamed. I don't know, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know who to call. And as he was flicking through, he said he was laying on his back, just flicking through his phone, flicking, flicking through contacts. Who could I talk to? Who could I talk to? And he just came across that Tyler's number. Hadn't seen him or spoken to him for two years. As he came across that number, he thought, I could call him. It was the only guy I thought he could call and he called him in that moment. And he said, hey, do you remember me? He goes, absolutely, I remember you. I said, I, I'm, I'm in hospital. I'm in a really bad way. I'm struggling with life and all this sort of stuff. He said, I'm so glad you rang. I wanna, I wanna, I'm here for you. I'm literally here for you. And he said, over the next little while, he would call him all the time. This Tyler would call him, how are you going? How checking in with him? And he led him to faith. The Tyler led him to faith. And his life was changed and transformed. And, and he has this incredible story to tell about it. But you know that how that came about? It came through those pressure, pressure moments, that crisis moment where he thought, I'm done. And all of a sudden his life encountered this moment, he encountered God and his life was changed and transformed. Here Paul in the same way, he's going through these moments, these difficult moments. And in the same way, he's pushed and pressed into a moment where he realises, hey, hey, we stop relying on ourselves and learn to rely only on God. It's so powerful. The Apostle Paul, one of the great missionaries, the greatest evangelist that I've ever read about who had greater, you know, so much impact on the world today. Even he himself, I mean, it's encouraging, isn't it? Even he states that, look, I struggle with, with trusting self over trusting God. It's encouraging to read. You know, it works the other way as well. Not only does hardships press us into God, but I, I'm absolutely convinced that prosperity and affluence is one of the biggest dangers to our trust and faith in God. It's our prosperity and affluence, which is one of the biggest dangers to our trust in Him as well. I remember a little while ago hearing a, a thing by Francis Chan and um, he just made this comment one time and it might've been one of his little series or something like that. And, and, and I love this. He just said, you know, I go to parts of the world where there's literally nothing. I, I go into some of these slums where people have nothing, not even food and water to drink. And he goes, I go in and we, we provide food and water for these people and I share with them and I talk to them and I share the gospel with these people. 
He said, there's such a difference between going into these places and saying, give your life to Jesus. He's got something better for you. Then going back to my home at this time, I don't know where he lives now, but going back, to, going back home in my gated community in California by the beach where there's massive houses and, and everyone seems to have everything. And I say to people there, give your life to Jesus. He's got a better life for you. Such a vast difference. And I'm convinced it's prosperity and affluence that often, often leads us away from trusting God too. There's a quote that uh, I remember hearing a little while ago and, and I was just looking for it and I came across the Open Doors website and there was a couple of things on there that I just thought this is so true and relates so much. There's a quote here that says, a wealthy Christian man and his family, this is in the persecuted church overseas. A wealthy Christian man and his family lost everything when the Islamic State uh, attacked Iraq. He says this quote, this guy, he says, before ISIS, I had more money, a big house, was rich man, but had no love, he said. He goes on to say this, ISIS was a gift because I now know the love of God more than ever before. One of the greatest challenges you face as a Christian in the West is that you're more in love with life than you are Jesus. And it makes you unwilling to die for Him. It's a challenging quote from this guy in the persecuted church. This other quote that I came across, which was again challenging, uh, this is from a, a persecuted uh, church member in the underground church in China. And he states this, he says, imagine if the devil had the barrel of a gun pressed towards your temple and said, renounce Christ or I'll pull the trigger, said Li Chin, a Christian from China. It's likely you'll find the courage not to deny Christ and the trigger would be pulled. But what if the enemy took you to a warehouse and said, you can have it all, a big house, money, family, cars, food, riches. You can even have Jesus sitting on the throne. It wouldn't be long until we were so focused on playing in the blessings of Christianity, we didn't even realise Jesus Christ had left the room. That is the problem with materialism. We've seen many Christians survive persecution, but very few survive prosperity. It's a challenge. You see, it's these difficult moments in our life that drive us into God. And whether you're in that moment in your life or, or we'll come across it at one point or another, God does something in these moments. He presses us and He uses these moments to drive us into Him, to bring us to a greater trust in Him. This is what Paul is experiencing. And he goes on to say, he goes on to say, and He did rescue us as He surrenders to Him, as He trusts God again. He says, and He did rescue us from mortal danger and He will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence, our confidence in Him and He will continue to rescue us. You see, he's facing some difficulty stuff, difficult stuff, sorry. He's facing these situations and he goes, but you know what, in the midst of this, it's teaching me to not trust myself, but to trust Him. And through it, I've discovered that I can put my, my trust in Him. I can have confidence in Him. Why? Because He's faithful and He will continue to rescue us. It's often in those moments where He calls us out to do something and we, we, we walk in that trust and that reliance on Him and God is faithful and God does come through and it stirs faith within us to go, I can trust Him again. I can trust Him again. I know my Father's good. 
I know He's got something better for me. I know I can let go of that. Whatever it is that God's placing on your heart in this moment as you watch or as you're here, whatever God's placed on your heart, there's something that God's saying, let go of that. You know, give that up, hand that over, whatever it might be, so that you can go deeper with me. You can trust Him. This is what Paul's stating here, that he can place his confidence in Him. Just last week, I had a situation where I had to uh, meet up with somebody and, and it, it, in hindsight, it actually went amazing. It was fine, but, but leading up to it, I knew it had the potential to be a, a, a difficult sort of situation. And when you're faced with that, it, it's this principle, isn't it? Like you didn't have to say, oh, have you, have you prayed into it? You know, when you got to meet up and catch up with this person, like, have you prayed into it? Are you kidding me? Like, uh, like all day, I remember that day just praying. Like I, I understood what Paul was talking about, pray without ceasing. Like it, I didn't stop. Like it was all consuming as, as I knew I had to face this situation. I had to, you know, deal potentially with something that could be quite difficult. And so I was praying and praying all day. Again, it's this principle, like when, you, when you're faced with something that, you know, you press into Him, you're driven into Him. And about an hour or half an hour before I had to, you know, meet up with this person, I texted my wife and I said, hey, I've got an hour to go. Like, can you just be praying? She said, are you kidding me? I've been praying all day. Like, I've literally been praying. This is what happens. Pressed into God. And, and lo and behold, God's so faithful and out of that, it's incredibly faithful. It was just amazing. It was fine. And then you go away and you go, oh, yep, done and dusted. No worries, you know, yep. But it presses us in. It drives us into Him. If you're in that place, He's doing something. He's at work. He's doing something in you. And He says to you this morning, He says to me, and He says to those of you that are watching online or listening via podcast, whatever it might be, He says to you this morning, what is that thing? I wanna trust you. I want you to to trust me more, to go deeper. What is that thing that you need to let go of, to give up, so that you might go deeper with me and your relationship with me? Is it finances? This morning, you know, you come and you say, yeah, I, I, I just hold on to that way too much. I just think it's all about me and it's all mine. Is it finances? Is it your business? You think you're in control of your business and you run it how you wanna run it. Is it material possessions? Is it family, kids or your marriage? Are you trusting God in these areas of your life? Is it relationships? Is it your job or your future? You go, I'm in control. I know how to manage this. I know what to do here. And you need to surrender that to God. Is it something to do with your health? Trusting God with your health. For some reason, I felt prompted to put down, or are you trusting God with, uh, you know, or, or do, you, do you look to your own wisdom and your own opinions to, to lead your life? Are you trusting God with, with your own directions? What is it for you? Could be a number of different things, but it could be just even just starting at one thing and saying, God, okay, I know this area. I know this area, I hold on way too much. I wanna surrender that. I need to let go of that. I need to trust you more with that. Whatever it might be, God is calling you out and He's calling me out to say, hey, trust me, trust me. If you're in a crisis moment in your life in this moment, uh, then God is working through that and he's, he's refining you. He's doing something in your heart. If you're not in that crisis moment, there's still an opportunity for us to say, God, I, I, I still wanna go deep with you. I still wanna trust you more. In 2021, as we launch off, I wanna go deep with you. Just after the 8 a.m. service, I spoke to two guys that said, hey, that's what's going on in my heart and in my life in this moment. I'm dwelling on this stuff saying, nah, I don't wanna just live life and just go through the, um, you know, just day by day. I wanna go deep with God. 
And it's found in saying, hey, I, I, God, I wanna let go of stuff. I wanna let go of stuff and trust you with my life. If that's you, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to him this morning. There's a quote by Corey Tambourine that says, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Father, we thank you so much for your word. And I'm convinced that as some sit here, as some are listening, as some are watching online, great God, that you're speaking into people's hearts. They know there's areas where they gotta let go of that they need to trust you more with. And there's no time like the present to respond and to say, yeah, God, this is it. So in this moment, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond. I'm just gonna give you a few moments just in the silence in your head and in your heart for you to pray, for you to pray, to say, God, that's, I, I know you've pinpointed, you've, you've told me, even in this message, you've told me in this service what it is. I need to surrender it. I need to let go. I need to trust you in this area of my life. So if that's you, I'm just gonna give you a moment to pray yourself, whether it's in your head and in your heart, whether it's at home, you're watching on, um, out loud, whatever you wanna do. You can pray and seek Him now. Father, thank You that You've heard every prayer. I think this is such an important moment, a powerful moment. It's not, it's not me just praying for people. We, we can come directly to You and bring our requests and thoughts and, and bring our weaknesses to You. It's amazing. You're a God that says, oh, you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And you've heard every single one of these prayers. You, you see and you can identify these areas of our lives where we struggle to, to surrender to You and to, 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 allow, to trust You with them. And so Father, as we've prayed now, Thank You that You're a God that is wanting to help us in these areas, wanting to help us to let go of the areas that are maybe distracting us or, or, or stopping us from trusting You more, Father God. So thank You, Lord, that this week You're gonna help us and empower us to put these things into action. This day, this moment, as we leave, we walk out of here, we thank You that You're gonna help us to put these things into action, great God. Lord, we love You so much and we just love You, love the fact that You're always there for us, great God, and we can trust and rely on You. We love You and we pray these things in Jesus' Name. Amen, amen. We're gonna stand now, we're gonna worship our great God together. So why don't you jump up on your feet. As we sing this song together, it's still an opportunity to respond. It's still an opportunity to pray. Just sing these words. I just pray that you just continue to pray and seek God and say, help me, Lord. Help me in this area as I surrender to You. Let's worship Him. Can't rain. 
every stronghold crumble. Hear the chains hit the ground. God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Love that verse in there. It's quite a challenge, isn't it? These things happen that I would not trust in myself or ourselves, but trust in God. And whether in prosperity or whether in challenge, challenge and trials, God is always calling us to trust Him. And it's our prayer here today that we'd be people that would look to Him, trust Him, let go of things, move towards Him uh, in this. That it's, He's calling us towards that intimate walk with Him. Let's pray together. Lord, You are truly such a great God. Even the reality that we could walk intimately with our Creator, that we could know You. And how foolish we are, Lord God, and I speak for myself, how foolish we are when we can walk with our Creator, yet we turn to trust in other things, whether that is prosperity and the things that You've given us, or in trials, whether we try and do it on our own, when all the time, God, You are just calling us to Yourself calling us to trust You and to trust Your perfect love. And Father, I wanna pray for everyone here this morning, for those online, that Lord God, You would help us all fix our eyes on You. Trust You, trust You in the unknown, trust You in the trial, trust You in prosperity, trust all things to You. Lord, we pray because Lord, there is no greater gift than knowing You. There's no greater gift than Your presence. There's no greater gift than You working in deeper ways in our lives. So Lord, help us, help us on this journey. Even this week, would You be continuing to to speak to us and lead us, we pray in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. If you would like prayer, we'd love to pray with you. Maybe you're going through a trial, you look look forward to 2021, you think, you, I really need God and you'd love prayer for that. Maybe it is prosperity, you really know that you wanna trust God more in the midst of all that He's given us in this nation. Please come forward for prayer. Um, otherwise you can exit through the left-hand side here, the masks can come off as we go out and you can connect with one another out there. And if you have come prepared for a gift, there's some offering. Um, buckets there too if you would like to give that way but otherwise we'll look forward to seeing you next week online as well thank you